Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy, holy forever, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your holiness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your pursuit of us, Lord, in your holiness, in your greatness, in your majesty. You came to earth. You gave your life for ours. Lord, I thank you that you're our kinsman redeemer, that you call us friend, that we have covenant with you, Lord, that our supply, all of our need, it comes from you, Lord God. And you have put us in a good field with good provision. I just hear tonight that the Lord wants to be your kinsman redeemer, that maybe you've gone through a season of mourning, a season of loss, and you just don't know where your field is, but the Lord says to look at him. He's your kinsman redeemer, and he has a good field for you. You do not have to worry about the lack in this season. You don't have to worry about what's going on with your neighbors in different cities, in different countries. He is your kinsman redeemer. Lord, I thank you for the abundance of provision. Lord, I thank you for the covenant blessing that you release upon each one of us, that we step into covenant relationship with you. There's no lack in relationship. There's no lack in finances. Lord God, there's no lack in anything that we need from you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, just teach us to walk in that revelation, to walk in that relationship with our kinsman redeemer. Jesus, we just lift you high tonight. We lift up your name. You are the name above all names that every knee will bow under you, Lord. Every name. And Lord, I thank you that as kinsman redeemer, Lord, that you redeem generations. You redeem bloodlines. Lord, what was uh, uncovered with parents, Lord God, the next generation steps in and you redeem through them, Lord God, that we keep getting a do-over. Lord, there's a time and a time and a time again, Lord, that we get to just step into your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that we are your sons and your daughters, that you are our identity and our inheritance is good. Good Father, we have a good Savior, and we have a good Counselor. Just ask the Holy Spirit if there's anywhere that you see lack, relationships, jobs, um, mindsets. Where do you need your kinsman redeemer to show up? Just like with Ruth and Boaz. The Lord redeemed a Gentile woman, and he brought Boaz. Lord, I just thank you for redeeming our stories, for redeeming our history, and branching us into your tree, into your history, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody, somebody, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, somebody, somebody. 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory Thank you, Lord. Car said to check yourself and your thoughts. And what I'm what I'm hearing is we need to stop hearing what the world says about us and start hearing what the Father says about us. Because the Father loves us. Some of us might not even know what it is to have a Father. But our Heavenly Father loves us purely, completely, with everything. He died for all our sins. For every area where we feel, fell, He makes us whole. When Jesus walked into the room after He was when he first reappeared, he walked into the room and he said, peace be with you. And that word peace in the Hebrew is be complete, be whole. And with what Carl was saying, I want to speak to your circumstances, to your life right now. Jesus is saying, peace be with you. Be whole. Be complete tonight. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever thoughts are racing through your head, whatever bills are lingering around, Jesus is speaking to you, be peace right now. He's speaking peace over this house. He's speaking peace over the minds. Be whole in everything. And that word, when Jesus speaks it, it's not just whole in everything. It's whole in health, whole in finances, whole in relationships. He wants to see things restored in your life. Where you think things are broken, they're not broken for him. They can be repaired by him. God is the healer. The word says when he died by his stripes, we are healed. Those lashes that he took, that bloody face that he got, the beard that got pulled out of his face. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. He can heal whatever you're dealing with tonight. Whatever circumstances, whatever relationships, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus wants to speak peace into your life right now. There's nothing he cannot fix. There's nothing that he cannot course correct. It may not be what you want, but he knows what's best for you. And if you give it over to him, he'll guide you. He'll, guide you. he'll take you the right way as a loving father would. I won't send my son out into the, to the rough waters when he's young. I'll hold his hands. 
I'll make sure he has his life vest on. I'll make sure he's prepared. And that's what the Father wants to do with you and your circumstances right now. He wants to prepare for prepare something, prepare you for something great. There's someone here that you're going to be great. God's going to use you in a great way. And you know it. Not everyone's going to be up on the stage or up on the pulpit, but you're going to be great in life. You're going to be blessed in life. I'm hearing the Lord also wants to redeem your time. That some of you are saying that you've wasted a bunch of time, you've wasted years, maybe you've wasted decades. But the Lord is the kinsman redeemer. He's the ultimate redeemer. He can redeem your time. Just surrender your days to him and watch him turn the clock. He's going to turn the clock back. He's going to return every hour, and it's going to multiply. Where there's been loss and decay, the Lord is restoring that. No more decay. No more decay. No more decay in the name of Jesus. Your days and hours are redeemed by the Lord. Surrender your time. Surrender your life. Surrender your calendar and watch him redeem where there has been loss. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just, just take a deep breath, guys. Just The presence of the Lord is in the room. He's here. He's with you. He was with you when you're outside this room. But just... Just take a deep breath. Just receive his peace right now. And let's just let's ask him a couple questions. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. They'll know my voice. They'll hear my voice. And they won't follow after a stranger. So just close your eyes with me. Just, let's ask the Lord a question. I want you to hear for yourself what you sense or hear the Father saying. So just pray after me, Father God, what do you think of me? I just hear him say over some of you, maybe it's one, maybe it's several of you, I think you're lovely. I think you're lovely. And earlier in worship, I was hearing his voice over some of you, and I don't know who it's for, but he says, your laugh, I love. I love to hear your laughter. Maybe people get annoyed by how you laugh, but he loves your laugh. He loves your voice. 
Yeah, I hear him say, I love your smile. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you that your thoughts towards your people are good. They're always good. And they outnumber the grains of sand on the shore. Let's ask him this. Father God, are there any lies that I'm believing about you? And if you heard yes in your spirit, or if you think, you think in your heart, yeah, you, you felt like there was a yes, then just say this, Father God, what is that lie? I'm not going to ask anyone to raise a hand, but if you felt like there was a lie that he showed you that you're believing about him, then let's just ask him now together. Father God, what is the truth? Yeah, thank you, Lord. See, the Lord cares about what you believe about Him, about what you believe about even yourself, your circumstances, your future, your dreams. He cares about all of it. And He says, I have a hope for you, plans for your future, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope. A future with him filled with hope. Thank you, Lord. I felt like I was just hearing in my heart that there might be someone here who feels that that the lie they were believing is that that the future that God has for you is not filled with hope. It's not filled with good things. And I believe that he wants you to walk in the truth. He wants you to know the truth. He is for you and he is not against you. He's for you more than you could ever imagine. I know, I know he's for me. He didn't bring me this far to abandon me before I even came to know him, before I turned my heart towards Jesus and said, come into my life, change me, fix me, take this mess, make me something different. Before I even could pray that, he was hot on my tail. He was chasing me down. Some call it the hound of heaven. He was chasing me down. He's been chasing you down and he's still chasing you down. Any area of your life that you feel is distant from him, he is right there hounding it down. He wants you to be intimate. He wants you to be close to him where it's safe, where it's secure, where there's hope, where there's goodness, where there's provision. I think we're just, that's the theme we're hearing tonight. He wants to release his peace. I see the Lord just taking the, 
the hem of his robe and just laying it over every person in this room. And it's just his peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And he is just blanketing you right now. He's blanketing me right now with his peace, that shalom, that perfect well-being. The name of the Lord, the name of the Lord Jesus, the name of the Lord is like a strong tower, like an unbreakable, unshakable fortress, like a castle that is impenetrable. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower and the righteous, that's you and me, we run into it and we're safe. We're safe. Jesus, your name, your banner over us, it's love, it's safety, it's provision, it's peace, it's hope. You are the God of hope. And we give you thanks, Lord. We thank you tonight for that truth. If you believe that truth, just say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it for myself. I'll prophesy over myself. Thank you, Jesus. I know some of you are thinking, are we done now? Do we get to go home? Do we get to eat? There's a pizza place that just opened next door. <laughs> Seth Campana's cooking up some good stuff next door. Mm. Man, I've seen the pictures. It's, it's tough being a mailman and delivering to him. <laughs> Smelling those bread sticks and knowing that there's marinara and Alfredo sauce that you could just buy a cup of to dip the bread in. But you know what? We have bread and we have the precious blood of Jesus tonight. And we are going to participate in a meal that can satisfy the deepest hunger, the deepest longing in your heart. Only Jesus can satisfy, guys. We run after so much stupid stuff in this world, trying to fill it. <laughs> I don't want to say stuff like Instagram because then my wife will think I'm talking about her. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with looking at Instagram and Pinterest and looking at dream houses. But there's, there's things that we can put before God and for, before everything that's important. Maybe it's Instagram. Is it you, honey? No, it's not me, honey. <laughs> oh. there's, there's only one thing that can truly satisfy, and, and that's what I'm getting at. If you're looking to fill that hunger, to satisfy that deepest need inside of you, only Jesus can really fill it. I mean, even having a spouse, I'm not going to point anybody out, but I'm just going to talk. <laughs> even having a spouse doesn't completely fill that, that space inside of me that only God can fill. Right, married men and married women? <laughs> yeah. Don't leave me hanging here. She's like, what? Amen, amen, <laughs> preach it. Hey, if your spouse is filling that spot, then there's something out of place. Because they're going to let you down. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to say something in a wrong tone. It's going to make you feel hurt. It's going to offend you. Jesus doesn't talk to you like that. Je <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered something about someone talking in their sleep. <laughs> I won't even... <laughs> Jesus doesn't talk to you that way. 
Just laugh at that, okay? Just laugh. It's okay. It's in your sleep. Yeah. You don't know. Thank God. Hopefully, I don't say bad stuff when I'm sleeping. This wasn't bad stuff. I'm just saying it was. I could only imagine. Potential. Yeah, I just pedal my feet because I'm, I'm running from Sasquatch in my dreams. No, that hasn't happened since I was a teenager. Preteen. I was pretty young. But it was true. True story. Long time ago. But I still run in my sleep from whatever it is. You got something on your heart? Yeah. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> Take I over. Really, honey. I just really feel like if you you just need some hope, you need some some extra Jesus, <laughs> extra Holy Spirit. I'd like you to come forward. Like if there's something that you just need prayer for. If, we're we're going to open up a ministry time. Yeah. So if you want some prayer, just come on up. Yeah, this is family. Up. We're here. We're family. There's no agenda. If we get to the scriptures, and if not, we'll move on. Judy will be happy. <laughs> She's like, what? Come on up. Yeah. Come on up, guys. Let's just, just line up in front of the wine barrel over this way, and we'll walk around it. And uh, anybody else want to come up if you got you want to be prayed for? Oh, sorry. Okay, I thought you were coming up for prayer too. So, you want to step over this way and just come, Christian? You want to come up here just in case this young man falls out in the spirit? Just lay your hands on his shoulders. All right, guys, we don't need everyone to come up, but just can you guys just stretch your hand out and just, just bless. Just say, Jesus, I just bless what you're doing. I just bless what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. I think I already slathered you with this stuff last week, but we're just going to go bam and put your hands out, brother. Bam and bam. And we just declare over you that you are a man of the kingdom. I'm going to mute this. It's not too late if anybody else wants to come up and receive prayer. I don't think you'll be disappointed. do one last call. If anybody else wants to come up for prayer, just go ahead and come on up and stand over on this side. Otherwise, we'll move on in just a minute. Thank you guys for just praying along and just blessing. The Lord's just doing His work, and you're participating. Yeah, awesome. The Lord unlocks things. He is the door unlocker. He opens doors that no man can open, and he shuts doors. Wait, is that how it goes? He opens doors that no man can, no one else can open. Yeah, I guess that's right. 
He shuts doors that no one else can shut. I think it's different than that, but I'm just making it up as I go. But he unlocks things that have been locked up. I just feel like if you feel like there's things that are locked up inside of you, just put your hand on your heart and just say, God, I receive the unlocking. I just receive that unlocking. Wisdom. Just receive wisdom and revelation. The Lord says he gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You have the mind of Christ. We release that now. We just unlock that. You have received, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians tells us, you have received the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. We receive that truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Freedom comes. Liberty comes. And I believe that there's fresh measures of liberty, fresh measures of freedom, liberty that he has that he is releasing to you right now even as you're sitting there just soaking it in i believe that your name is a prophetic name that the freedom of the lord where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty there's freedom and you were born to carry mass measures great quantities of the spirit of god to release freedom and to break bondage because he loves you and he's he's his eyes are on you and his favor is over your life man so I hope you can receive that. I just bless you with that. The people behind you are just agreeing. They're like, yes, yes, and amen to that. God is that good, you guys. He is that good. Just to give these, these uh, ladies just another moment up here while they finish up. And if you need a stretch, stand up and stretch or stretch, give a holy stretch, you know. That's what we do when we're delivering mail and we don't want to look like we're worshiping walking down the street. We just give a holy stretch. In fact, we had a stand-up the other day in our postal, in the post office, and they were talking to us about good ergonomics. And they say, do the something stretch when you're walking. And I'm like, well, that's what I do, but I, I call it the holy stretch. <laughs> Things are flowing good, you guys. And I promise you, I'm going to try not to mess it up. <laughs> I didn't say I promise not to mess it up. I said I promise I'm going to try not to. <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to just move forward and we're going to read. We're going to feast on the Word of God. The Word of God brings life. It brings light. It brings understanding. The psalmist says that, Lord, the, your Word is a lamp. It's like a lamp unto my feet. It's a light on my path. The unfolding of your word, it brings light to the eyes. The word of God is living and powerful. It's active. It's sharp. It's good. The word of God sanctifies us. It changes us. When, when the psalmist also said, how can a young man, I'll say it, or a young woman, keep their way pure? By hiding your word in my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Feasting on the Word is a good thing. And we're going to feast on the Word tonight. We're going to kind of, I don't know, I'm just going to keep it in the, under the identity series. We're going to talk about the new creation. The new creation that you have been given this gift when you came to Jesus, when you gave your life to Him. You, have, you became a new creation in Christ. The wonderful thing about this is we're going to be doing some baptisms next Sunday. And... The scriptures speak about baptism and this new creation life. Think of it this way. 
Well, we'll just read what Jesus said. I was going to say, think of it this way. Think of being a newborn baby. This new creation that you became when you said yes to Jesus, when I said yes to Jesus 30-some years ago in my living room, I became a newborn baby in Christ, a new creature, a new creation. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 3, when Nicodemus um, asked him some questions about the kingdom, he said, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience rebirth. Rebirth. Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-haired man be reborn? It's impossible for anyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Yeah, that would be pretty weird. I think it's pretty impossible, actually. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spirit realm gives birth to supernatural life. I think everyone in the room knows what Jesus was talking about, right? He's referring to the Holy Spirit, who when you said Jesus, maybe you said it this way, five years old in a church somewhere, you said, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Come and stay, never walk away or something like that. You know, I don't know, there's these little prayers that people come up with. Maybe you were a teenager and you were in your room by yourself with your Bible. Maybe you didn't even have the Bible. Maybe you're just feeling like, God, I need you in my life. Would you come in my life? Would you come into my life? Come into my heart. I believe in you. The moment you said, Jesus, I believe in you, Ephesians 1 tells us that having believed, you are marked in him with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was birthed into your innermost being. There's a little tiny temple inside of, uh, maybe it's not a temple. I'll just, I'll say it this way. There's a spirit person, not tiny. There's a spirit person inside of your tent that you're walking around in. This flesh and blood, this, these arms and legs, this is a tent that Scott Alcorn, the real person, is actually walking around in. One day, this tent that I'm living in right now is going to get to the point where it can't live anymore. It will, at some point, last breath. And the real me is going to step up out of this body. And my body is going to look like a cold, empty shell. It's not even going to look like me. Because when a person tra transfers from this world out of their physical body, that body that once was living and breathing no longer looks the same. You can tell when the spirit has left that body. So that spirit person inside of every human being created, when God, he breathed his life into every living being when they were being knit together in their mother's womb, that spirit person inside of you, when you give your life to Jesus, when you say, I believe in you, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, I believe you took my sin, I want you in my life, whatever way that communication happens, having believed the Holy Spirit comes like a magnet. He's just like, boom. He wants to come into you and join himself with your spirit, causing your spirit person to be receiving this new resurrection life. Born again. Like I was born once, March 10th, 1968. Yep, that's old. Some of you are older than that. March 10, 1968, 55 years ago. 
I didn't think I'd look like this or talk like this at 55. I thought it looked different, but I was born then, but I was born again on December 10th, 1989. Yes, honk if you believe Jesus is king. <laughs> the Spirit of God comes into you, causes a, a rebirth. You became, upon believing in Jesus, upon placing your faith in him, you became a new creation in Christ, a new creature, something that never before walked the earth. There's something new and different about you. I know I've said this many times if you've heard my story, but I even had a relative say, did you get some sun? You look like you've got color in your skin because I was focused on the dark side. I was into the black metal, death metal, satanic music and the books and all that stuff. And, and it was affecting my physical body. I looked white like pale, like death. And then it didn't help because I was poisoning myself with drugs and stuff. But Jesus, like, phew, he came in and he brought real resurrection life into my body. I looked different. Everything looked different. It was like the sun was shining brighter than before. I don't, I don't know how to describe it better than that. It's just everything felt and looked different. And I think most of you in this room had a similar experience where things, you, you saw a tangible difference. Now, some of you who have grown up in a Christian upbringing, you haven't had a chance to go out and just totally get filthy in the pig pen and really discover how like dead you can become, like a living, walking corpse, to, to actually notice the difference. And then you've come to, to faith in Christ as a teenager. And you're like, I don't know, do I even have a testimony? Do I, is there a difference that really happened? You and God know that there is a difference that happened because you don't have to feel it. You don't have to sense it. You don't have to have the, the contrast of a life of darkness in order to see the difference of walking with Jesus. He loves you and he gave you his Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit when you said, Jesus, I need you in my life. Let's move on. Titus chapter 3. Someone's been reading Titus recently, but now you're under the Gospels, so that's awesome. Titus chapter 3. This is one of my favorite really short ones. If you want to read a short one, if you like short little Gospels, or the little epistles, I mean. Titus is fun, three chapters. I think it's three. It might be four. I didn't turn the page to find out. But anyway, ch Titus chapter 3, 4 through 6. It says, when the extraordinary, or the proper way, extraordinary, I like to say things weird, the extraordinary compassion, because it is extraordinary, it's extraordinary. The compassion of God our Savior and His overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day. He came to save us. Some of you think God, He's, he's come just to judge the world, to get a, do away with all these sinners. They're all going to hell in a handbasket. I'm just going to read my Bible and pray until it happens. He came because he loves. He came because he loved the world, even the worst of the worst, even the sweetest of the sweetest little grandma. There is a day of judgment coming, and he is the judge. Not me, not you. He came to save us not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us, 
resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. He, we are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us. I wish I had a bottle of water right now. I might do it. I don't know. Splash. If you, I should have had people in the back with bottles of water. Ready? On the count of three, when I say splashed over. Yeah, we're made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus the Messiah, our life giver. You know, I think that like most of us in this room know these scriptures and know this truth. I think it's really good to remind ourselves this. Like, I've been believing this and walking in this for 30 plus years, but this helps me to remember who I am and whose I am and why he did it to begin with. Romans 5, 8 through 9 says, There is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. Ready for a powerful declaration? You are now righteous in my sight. If you feel unrighteous in God's sight, then your feelings need to come into alignment with the facts. Because God, doesn't, God does not intend for you and me to walk around feeling like something that we're not. If one of my sons or daughters is feeling like I don't like them or I don't love them or I'm mad at them, and they're believing it, no, not you, Isabel. And you're just believing that. Maybe we had a conversation and I you know, was, well, not you guys, but I don't know. I'll just, I'll just make something up. You know, I had to get, in, get on your stuff about something. And then I never really, like, finalized it and said, you know, so we're all good. You know, I love you, and I know you're going to do better. But, but she just kept walking for weeks and weeks and weeks, thinking that my dad really he doesn't love me. I think he's mad at me. He's not, he's not happy with how well I'm doing in life. And the truth is the total opposite of that. Proud of my sons and daughters. I love them. I would die for them. That's how the Father feels about you and me. He would, he did die for you. He sent his only son, the, the second member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was the one who was requested to go take on human flesh and blood and die for us because of his great love. God so loved the world that he gave his son. So we need to be able to embrace this righteousness. Not only did he love you and die for you, he has made you and me legally righteous by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks the word over your life. The blood of Jesus says, Kara. The blood of Jesus says, Vani. The blood of Jesus says, Clayton, Oscar, all of you in this room, the blood of Jesus said, you are now righteous in my sight. All right, I'll move on. I don't know. I don't know if you guys believe it or not. I'll take it. Okay, there we go. Anyone else want to take it? It's truth. Take the truth. Okay. So if while we're still enemy, excuse me, I skipped something. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus... Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. When you die, you don't have to worry about experiencing the wrath of God because of Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. You have been set free. 
We have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. We are reconciled to the Father. We are now sons and daughters of God. We're not just sinners saved by grace, barely going to make it into heaven by the skin of our teeth. I mean, well, maybe some of you. I don't know. <laughs> Better go look in the mirror, I guess. Get there, and I'll smell like the smoke, flames. What was that? Someone burning something? God's just like, no, it's just the stuff that couldn't come in. All right. So if while we were still sinners, God fully reconciled us to himself. So remember, this happened to you and me while we were still God's enemies, while we were sinners. If, if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we, excuse me, yeah, now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Sin's dominion. You want to be rescued from the dominion, the, the ruling and reigning of sin and its effects in your life? Well, God is willing and ready to help you with that. The Holy Spirit is in you to help you walk with you and take the sword of the Spirit and stab those things of the sinful nature. Kill it. By the Holy Spirit, we get to put to death. Just say, put to death. Maybe stomp your foot while you say it. Put to death. <laughs> the misdeeds of the flesh. We actually get a rule over our bodies. Did you guys know that? I mean, this would probably be more of a, of a scripture and a topic about the temple of the Holy Spirit, but maybe we'll do that one sometime. But we get to rule and reign over our bodies. Our bodies don't have to rule us. My hunger in my belly right now for Campana's pizza does not rule me. I don't have to obey it and say, later guys, I'm going. And then you're like, dang, his stomach is his God. He's ruled by his flesh. We don't have to be ruled by our physical bodies. We don't even have to be ruled by our emotions, ladies. <laughs> Did you catch that, guys? I was supposed to get an amen from all the men in the room. No, I know, I know. Some of the men in the room are very emotional, too. <laughs> <I'm>, I, <laughs> let's just laugh at that. That's okay, Johnny. I cry, too. I cry probably more, I don't know, maybe more, maybe about the same. I can't get my words out up here sometimes without holding back tears for some reason. It just wells up. Okay. He wants to rescue you. How much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? He's a good father. He doesn't want you getting wandering like a little toddler out into the sticker bushes. You know how big some of those sticker bushes can get? They're big mountains of thorny blackberry bushes. What if there was like a tiny little path in there and, you know, the devil, the orb will just say a kitten or something? Because kittens can be like demons sometimes <laughs> where they claw furniture and curtains and pee on things. Chasing that little kitten down that trail, what father would not run out there and say, no, stop? Your father wants to rescue you from every entanglement, every entrapment, anything that tries to wrap all the barbed wire and the garbage of, of life that's thrown in your path left and right. He wants to not only rescue you from that, but give you access to a life of ruling and reigning over it. Kind of like some of us felt that feeling of hovering. We won't say levitating because that sounds new agey, but floating in the baptism waters. He wants to just basically let, give you the wings of an eagle to soar over that stuff 
living in a higher level. Are you guys okay? I better roll on here. Not my deodorant. That's working. It's good. Roll on. Anyway, okay, Galatians 2.20. Tammy, are you okay? I'm good. Interrupt anytime you want, baby. I'm just trying to stay standing. So okay. <laughs> Galatians 2.20 says, here's about your old identity. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ. I don't know who you were before Jesus, but that's a dead person. The pre-Christian Scott, he's a dead man. I don't even remember what that guy is like. Kind of do. I've got some pictures, but it's like not even real to me anymore. Maybe you got saved last year or a year and a half ago or however long it was. Maybe you still have some familiarity with that old dead person that you once were, but that, that is fading. That is fading away. You are growing and moving into measures and measures of one step of glory into another step of glory, from glory to glory with ever-increasing, ever-increasing something. It's ever-increasing. There we go. Okay. So, it wasn't faith. I'd have to open up the Bible to 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As we behold His glory, we are being transformed from glory to glory into the likeness of Jesus, which comes from the Spirit with ever-increasing glory. There you go. That's what it was. So I have to start from the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for putting up with me for that minute while I reminded myself of something. Okay, so the old identity... My old identity has been, has, ugh, can't even talk now. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. Okay, this is something important, guys and gals, about baptism. When you go into that water, that tub or wherever people go get baptized, that is a representation of a burial, dead and buried. Jesus was crucified on the cross. And when he was taken off the cross after he had breathed his last breath and gave up his spirit, he was placed in a tomb. He was buried, not like underground, but he was buried. He was put inside of a tomb. That water baptism is a picture of your burial, your co-crucifixion with Jesus. So Galatians is telling us, your old person has been co-crucified with Christ. No, they no longer live. You no longer are alive according to your old you. And now the essence of this new life did I read that right? And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. That's awesome. The old you died. You were crucified with Christ, co-crucified, and the Spirit of God came into your body, your tent, becoming one with your spirit to, to become a, a, unit, a union with your spirit to become one with you. That's pretty awesome. You can declare it if you want. I am one in spirit with the Holy Spirit. A new creation in Christ. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. I don't think that was a misinterpretation. That's a pretty powerful statement from the Passion Translation, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Did you know you have a great high priest right now in heaven, Jesus, the Son of God? He believes for your life. He prays for your growth and your overcoming and your victory. It's empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. 
Now we're going to take a little trip down the Romans road and it's going to pretty much wrap up after that. I won't, I'll try not to do too much, whatever, commentary. You guys okay with that? You just want to read some scriptures? This all has to do with your co-crucifixion, your co-burial with Christ and your co-resurrection with him. So Romans 6, 1 through 3. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? Because in the previous chapter, he talked about that. Some think, you know, the, God's grace is there. It abounds when I sin. So why not sin more to get more grace? That's spirit of stupid, right? So do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. That is a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? You receive it? You're picturing it? You, you see this? You are buried with him in baptism. These kids are going to get buried in the waters of baptism because of a true reality of their faith in Jesus that this is talking about. Verses 4 through 5. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of a new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and new life that it imparts. I don't know how to fully wrap my mind around it, but I just have to believe it. I just have to embrace the truth of the scripture and say, I don't know how it happened because you died on the cross, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. But somehow, stepping outside of time, coming into the year 1989, December 10th, I said, Jesus, would you come into my life? And something miraculous happened. Whatever happened on the cross exploded from then into my reality in, in 1989. And I became co-crucified with Christ. And I died a death in that moment and resurrection life came into me. I became a new creation right then and there in my living room floor. Wherever you were at when you said yes to Jesus, the same thing happened to you. Whatever happened on the cross then exploded into your reality that day you said, Jesus, I need you. Come save me, rescue me. I think I read all that. Hope so. Romans 6, verse 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? So this is important. Who you once were, the, the power cord has been pulled from the wall. When you've been crucified with Christ, the power of the sinful nature in your old man or old woman was unplugged, dethroned, deprived of its power. The switch was flipped down, dead. For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us. Now that right there is a process. 
there is an ongoing dismantling of sin, of, of stinking thinking, of things that wage war against our minds and our souls that God is going to journey with you to work with you to overcome and become victorious and to dismantle those things. I like that word, dismantle. Let's dismantle some stuff, shall we? You work on you, I'll work on me. <laughs> okay, hope, I hope you're good with that. You're like, no, I want to tell you what I want to dismantle in you, <laughs> says the wife to her husband. <laughs> For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Verses 7 through 10. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. Amen? And if we were... Co that would be kind of weird if they came back to life. If we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life, boom, has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. I misread that, but that's okay. You guys are following, right? Okay, so for by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But now he lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. Okay, this is talking about Jesus. He died a sinner's death. He died and took our sin upon himself, was, was crucified, dead, and buried. And on the third day, he rose again, victorious over death, conquering sin for us. Did I read all that? Yes, okay. Verses 12 through 14, we're almost done. <clears throat> sin is dethroned, excuse me, sin is a dethroned monarch. Yeah, sin is, a, is like a monarch, it's like a king. It's like a fake king, a little king that wants to rule over your life. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling you, controlling how you live, compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. You don't want to be a tool, right? Amen. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Okay. Some of you should have been laughing at that, but anyway, that's just my humor. Instead of being a tool, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. That is, if you could highlight that on the screen, if you could highlight that in your Bible, highlight it. Instead, you need to passionately answer God's call to keep yielding. It's a continuous thing. It's a daily thing. It's an hourly sometimes thing. Every 10 minutes, you might have to do this. Whatever you're going through, continuously yield yourself over to him. Yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure ready to be used for his noble purposes. Just say, I am not my own. I am not my own. Jesus owns me. Hope that, that feels good to say that. I want, I want him to rule and reign in my life because if I try to take the reins, I screw it up. I mess it up big time. And you know, just like most of us in this room, or if not all of us, I've grabbed the reins, I've grabbed the steering wheel and I tried to drive the car myself when we made an agreement a long time ago that Jesus, you would drive the car of my life. And the moment I do get behind the wheel, I usually drive right into the ditch. You know? So I'm like, sorry, Lord. Would you come sit back in the driver's seat again? Okay, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Remember this. 
Sin will not conquer you. Just say that to yourself. Sin will not conquer me. For God already has. That's a good word. You are not governed by law, but you're governed by the reign of the grace of God. We need the grace of God, not just to cover us when we sin, but we need the grace of God to to govern us, to be the ruling and reigning government over our lives. Verse 19, "Just, just as you surrendered your bodies and souls to impurity and lawlessness before Jesus, hopefully before Jesus, which only brought more lawlessness into your life. It's like a downward spiral. So now surrender yourselves as servants of righteousness, which brings you deeper into true holiness. Turn around and go the other direction, basically. Run to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 says, And we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all of us died with him, so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives, excuse me, but lives, but lives, that's the English language for you. It could be lives or it could be lives, depending on the context. But lives, but lives, lives that are poured out for him. I better reread that. All died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives (laughs) that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Verses 16 through 17. So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people. Here's your challenge, guys. I know you could have stopped right there and just wrestled with that truth of, I'm really dead. Who I was is dead now. I really, I belong to Jesus. Like, he's ruling my life. I have to yield to him. I have to say, you're the Lord now. Yes. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you're saying, I want you to be the ruler, the master over my life. That's what a Lord is. He is Adonai. He is ruler, master of my life. And if I confess and you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. I'm going to just skip ahead here. We're going to take communion. And... uh, Brother Christian is going to lead us through a time of communion. So we're going to hand it off to you, brother. I just, I felt like we should respond. We should respond tonight to this truth of being united, co-crucified, co-buried, and co-resurrected with Christ. Respond to this truth by taking communion and remembering the price that was paid to make that a reality for your life and for mine. And I also want to say, I know he's going to run with this in a second here. I also want to say, tonight as we take communion, if you have a situation in your life that you need a breakthrough for, you need healing in your body, you need healing or God's breakthrough to come into a relative's body. You know, tonight, I have my uncle Ray, my dad's older brother. He's 91 years old, just turned 91. He's battling cancer. He's a man of God. He knows Jesus. He's got a long history with the Lord. He asked my dad if if our church would pray for him tonight. So I would like to lift him up while we take communion. But among the other things, God can take more than just one prayer request, right? It doesn't have to be just one thing. So I might chime in 
towards the end here, maybe after we take communion. I don't know. I'll figure out how to fit it in. But but Christian's going to lead us through this. Amen. Denise, can you come up and help me? Go ahead. Have everyone come down the middle row and then exit out your ends and we'll pass out the elements here. down the center aisle for communion. Amen. As you're picking up the elements, just start setting yourself straight. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, examine your hearts. Don't take the elements in an unworthy manner. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man or woman ought to examine themselves before they eat or take bread or the drink. So just right now, just examine your heart. Get right. I know we've been getting right all night. But maybe there's something there that we haven't fully given over to him. And God wants that. He wants all of you. When he was gathered with the disciples, he said, do this often. Break bread and take the wine. Do this often. There is a reason he said often. It's because we're not that smart. We walk out of here a lot lot of times, and we get all cleaned up here. And as soon as we get in our cars, we're arguing and following we're honking at the next person in line. Yeah. 
So he says, do it often. You know, also the word says, pray without ceasing. Tonight, someone was baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit, started talking in tongues. Pray without ceasing. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Without ceasing. When I got saved, I didn't know Jesus before I got saved. I knew of a man at the Catholic Church that hung up on a cross. But I didn't know that there was a real God that wanted to be part of me and touch me and that died for me on the cross. And he gave me a new life. I accepted him, and I was from darkness to light, just like Scott, but I wasn't a satanic worshiper. (laughs) But I went from darkness to light, and everyone knew it. Because with Jesus, it's, it's all or none, right? There's no lukewarm. It's 100%. Jesus, you told me to take my time. <laughs> Jesus, when he showed up, actually, Paul rebu- uh, Jesus rebuked the disciples. You know, you started doubting as soon as I was crucified. They went upstairs and locked, they went in and locked themselves in a room because they were scared. And that's just our human bodies, right? But when we accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives with us. And we're part of the kingdom. Jesus isn't walking out on these streets. He's sitting on the throne in heaven. The only way this world is going to see Jesus is through us. The only way your parents, your brothers and sisters, your friends, your co-workers are going to see Jesus is through you. It literally is. When we read the kingdom and we see healings and talking in tongues and all these miracles, they're still happening today, but through us. My, my mother-in-law, she, I don't know what my, sister, my wife was talking to her about. She goes, oh, yeah, Christians, you know, he started giving words again, and, and he's been pretty active. And she goes, oh, he's loved when he used to give words. I don't know how he does that. And I, like, I just step aside and let Jesus do what he's doing. I listen to him. I let him do what he's doing. Whenever I'm up here or in my seat, what is the Father doing? And so what is the Father doing right now you? Examine your hearts. Get it right. Are you 100%? Because there's no lukewarm with Jesus. You're either in or you're out. You're either shandabasididi 24-7 or you're not. Amen? I love this. Jesus said, do this often. They took the bread, and I I break it because it reminds me by his stripes we are healed. He was broken for us. That's what we were talking about earlier. His body was broken for us. And Jesus said, do this often in remembrance of me. Benny Johnson, she does it a few times a day. You have communion with the Father. 
and you're taking his body and you're digesting his body. You're receiving his kingdom. You're recognizing you're a part of him and that wherever you go, you are the kingdom. You are the kingdom that this lost world is going to see. So why do you say often? Because he wants it 100%. He wants every day of the hour, every waking minute. At night, I used to wake up in anxiety. Oh, my God, why am I awake? Oh, God, I can't go back to sleep. I tried listening to, like, ocean sounds and playing different lights and stuff. And finally, I just said, I'm going to start worshiping him. I'm going to start praying for the lost. You know, my body wanted to think, but you're not going to get enough sleep. You're not going to be able to make it through the day. The Father's going to give me rest. It's 100% or none. I trust him with everything or nothing. So hold up the element. No, please stand. Go ahead and stand. He said, take the bread and do this in remembrance of me. So we recognize that his body was broken for us. And that every sin, every everything we struggle with, all our circumstances are covered under this body. We no longer recognize the circumstances of this world, but we recognize the circumstances of his kingdom in our lives. He dictates our life. Not this world, not no president, not no job, not no argument. He, he dictates our life. He said, take it. Remember it to me. So go ahead and take the bread. Go ahead and hold your cup of wine. We take the blood in remembrance of him, that his blood covers all sins. The awesome thing about it is when I was lost, I used to do some bad things. I hurt a lot of people. I hurt people, period. And God in heaven knew I could be changed by his blood. And I changed. I said, I'm 100%. I'm lost for Jesus. But am I perfect? No. Do I sin every day? Do I fail every day? Yes. But he called me back then because he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knew I'd mess up in the future. He knew his blood would not only cover the sins of the past, but of the future. And so we take this blood, recognizing that it covers every sin, every weakness. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Go ahead and take your blood, uh, your wine. Grape juice. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, Father God, for your kingdom. And we receive it. We just digest your kingdom into our life and we commit to you tonight Lord to walk forward walk out these doors into this world and we recognize that we will be the Jesus this world sees 
Lord, we walk in your authority. We walk in your priesthood. In the word, it says that you would, you would heal the sick. Jesus says, I'm going to the Father, but I'm releasing something better. It's the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to the Father. You'll do greater things than I. Recognize who you are. Read the word. Don't sell out your friends and your family. Recognize that God has a calling in your life and that he wants to use you to reach those people around you. A hundred percent of the time. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to lift up uh, Uncle Ray. Is that Uncle Ray? And we're just going to pray the blood of Jesus and Jesus' broken body. He's a believer. We're going to believe by his stripes he is healed. Some people might say it's cancer. I don't care. I heard a testimony today that cancer was healed. That was gone. The doctors went back and tried to find it. They couldn't find that. So we lift lift up Uncle Ray. Lord, Father God, that you would have your way with him, Lord. Lord, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would be on his body. And we recognize that word peace means whole and complete and that you will make him whole and complete in this world in Jesus' name. Lord, you speak peace over his life. Lord, you speak healing, Lord, over his life, Lord. Your word says that you, you died on the cross and by your stripes we are healed. We speak healing over his body, Lord. We lift up his family, Lord, that you would comfort them and that you raise their faith, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, that their eyes wouldn't be shifting or across the way, Lord, that they'd be focused on you, Lord. Lord, that you'd be their reality right now, Lord. Jesus' name, Lord. Glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Is there anyone else that knows anyone that's sick that might need healing tonight? Raise your hand. Amen. Do you want to share a name by any chance? Ethan? Aiden. Oh, your son. Lord, Father God, right now we lift up Aiden, Lord. Hold up. What is it? Can you share what his lungs? Lord, we speak to those lungs be healed in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, that you clear them up, Lord. Lord, that they're healing flowing. Lord, that the balm of Gilead would flow from his head to his toes, Lord. Lord, that, they, they, that it would run through his lungs, Lord, and that healing would be on his body, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. We speak to that body be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, you, you designed those lungs, Lord. You created those lungs. You formed those lungs in the womb, Lord, and we believe you want them to breathe air. And we speak air into those lungs in Jesus' name. Glory, Lord. Glory, Shandabasi. Thank you, Lord, for him. Is there anyone else here? Sherry? Dementia. All right. Lord, we just thank you for Sherry, Lord. Peace on her mind, Lord. Complete and whole peace on her mind, Lord. Lord, where it seems hopelessness and it seems confusion, there is none in you in Jesus' name. We pray the blood of Jesus 
is she saved? Lord, we pray that she comes to know you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, that you would make your way into her life, Lord. Lord, through that dimension, Lord, that you would make your way into her life right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Glory, Shandabasiri. Lord, we speak the peace of God, Lord, that you would clear it up, Lord, that she'd be able to receive you as king right now, Lord. Lord, that she'd be welcomed into the kingdom right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. We believe, Lord. I pray for angels to go minister to her, Lord. Start clearing the way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, comfort her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Anybody else need prayer? Friends, families? We're fine then. Thank you, Jesus. I did want to share about the identity like Pastor Scott was sharing earlier. He was going through the identity. And this is our identity. This is who we are. This, there's no going back. It's 100%. Our eyes have to be on the kingdom. All this is going to be burned up, unfortunately. And we're going to be sitting in king, the kingdom with Jesus. And the only thing we can take are souls. We can't take our houses, our Harleys, our, our clothes. We can't take none of that stuff. I know you guys all don't want Harleys, but. Amen. Well, we'll pray for that. <laughs> but it's 100% his kingdom. I tell my wife and kids, we're blessed. We, we thank God for everything we have, but we'll burn it. We'll leave it in a second if God calls us to. Because he's going to call us all to leave everything behind soon. You know, I was thinking today, like, maybe God wants us to open a, a huge, like, foster family in our house. I'm like, uh oh. Because it's all about his kingdom, it's all about souls. Let's make sure every soul we pass, every soul we come and face to face with over this week that they know Jesus. Yachi. right now, Lord, Amber, where she's at, Lord, that we just pray that your spirit would come over her, Lord, and that you'd be peace into her life right now in Jesus' name. We pray for healing, and Lord, it's peace that she needs. She needs to be complete in you, be made whole in you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Jean, Lord, to lift her up, Lord, I pray that you bless him, Lord. And we thank you for Amber. We thank you for the healing that you're doing, Lord. God's good. God's good. All right. Well, God, we thank you.
Thank you, Lord. God, we just say yes and amen to all of these requests, God. And we, we lift it up to you, God, tonight with thanksgiving. We just say thank you, Lord, in advance for all that you're doing. God, we just declare your blessing over everyone here, uh, not only for just being here tonight and putting up with me, but and putting up with Christian. <laughs> God, we just declare your blessing. And uh, yeah, we just bless and release life in Jesus' name. Awesome. Tammy. Next Sunday, if you want to be baptized, let us know. And you will wear dark pants, dark shirts, and bring a towel. That's a request. Please wear dark pants, dark shirt, bring a towel. Yeah. In other words, as and Tammy said, you will. <laughs> oh yeah, bring some a change of clothes too. All right.